0: Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast and a very happy Easter to you all. Do please leave a comment or a like. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. Welcome you very warmly to St. Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the third Sunday of Easter. We're delighted that you are able to join us online for this service. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto Him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: O Lord, open thou our lips.
2: Amen.
3: The Old Testament lesson is written in the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 39, beginning at the ninth verse. The writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, when he had been sick and was recovered of his sickness. I said in the cutting off of my days, I shall go to the gates of the grave. I am deprived of the residue of my years. I said, I shall not see the Lord, even the Lord, in the land of the living. I shall behold man no more with the inhabitants of the world. Mine age is departed, and is removed from me as a shepherd's tent. I have cut off like a weaver my life. He will cut me off with pining sickness. From day even to night, wilt thou make an end of me? I reckon till morning that, as a lion, so will he break all my bones. From day even to night, wilt thou make an end of me? Like a crane or a swallow, so did I chatter. I did mourn as a dove. Mine eyes fail with looking upward. O Lord, I am oppressed. Undertake for me. What shall I say? He hath both spoken unto me, and himself hath done it. I shall go softly all my years in the bitterness of my soul. O Lord, by these things men live, and in all these things is the life of my spirit. So wilt thou recover me and make me to live? Behold for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. For thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. For the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee, they that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. The living, the living, he shall praise thee, as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. The Lord is ready to save me. Therefore, we will sing my songs to the stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
4: The New Testament lesson is written in the Gospel according to John, chapter 11, beginning at the 27th verse. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way, and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come, and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly, and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit, and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, of cause that even this man should not have died. Jesus therefore again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: And with
1: let us pray. By Thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Lighten our darkness, we beseech Thee, O Lord. By thy great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. When I was in Cyprus for a conference in 2019 as a guest of the Greek Orthodox Church, I was rather surprised to find myself taken to see the tomb of Lazarus, the Lazarus who features in our New Testament reading this evening in the church that bears his name in Larnaca. The story goes, <clears throat> according to Orthodox tradition, that Lazarus, revived from the dead by Jesus, was forced to flee Judea after the resurrection of Christ because of plots against him. So he traveled to Cyprus. It was, according to tradition, St. Paul himself who appointed Lazarus as the first Bishop of Kittion, a position that he held for about 30 years before he died and was buried in the tomb that you can now visit under the church of Aios Lazarus. So, Lazarus has the rather odd distinction of having had to undergo the ordeal of death not once, but twice. I've always been struck by the fact that in traditional representations of the story of the raising of Lazarus, as he emerges trailing bandages and winding sheets from within his cold stone tomb. He never looks particularly joyful, quite the opposite. The amazement, incredulity and delight of his bereaved sisters who had been so distraught at his death seems to escape Lazarus altogether. The story of the raising of Lazarus is a very significant symbolic story in the New Testament both for its parallels to and its significant difference from the resurrection of Jesus. St. John's Gospel has relatively few miracle stories within it, but they are all remarkable for their truly spectacular nature. Nothing is left to chance. None of these miracles could possibly be explained away. So it is that in St. John's Gospel, it is not simply a blind man whose sight is restored, but a man who was actually born blind. And here, it is not simply the equivalent of the raising of the dead daughter of Jairus, who has died moments before Jesus visits her, and who is still warm in her bed. But here, it is a man who has been decomposing in the grave for four days. All of this points to the remarkable, miraculous powers of the true Messiah, the one who is empowered by the God who is creator of all, who holds the powers of life and death in his hands. But importantly, the miracles are not themselves the point. They are merely instances where the true glory and transformative power of God comes flashing out. And although the raising of Lazarus unquestionably points us forward, preparing the ground for the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, the two events are not the same thing at all. In the story of Lazarus, a dead man is resuscitated. In the resurrection of Christ, we encounter what is truly a new creation. The one who emerges from the tomb on that first Easter day is no longer simply the earthly Jesus who walked to this earth with his disciples, but the risen Christ. There is change as well as continuity. He is recognizably the same, yet notably different. The resurrected life is continuous with, and yet different from, this life. It is transformed, and it is transformative. Little wonder that artists and poets have sometimes reflected on the rather unfortunate lot that befell Lazarus. The American poet Charles Darnell begins his poem, Lazarus, with the following words. Ah, Jesus, you do me no favours. You give me life, but not my life. You raise me up. What am I to do? You are borne away with the crowd, shouting hosannas as you go, like the retreating tide pulls pebbles from the shore. I am like shells on the sand, empty, hard husk, standing out for the curious. But I shall not be picked up by wandering hands. Those who know me, loved me, know me not now. I am not the phoenix reborn with youth and soaring strength. Just Lazarus, already tottering to my second tomb. Darnell's poem ends with the haunting lines. I see my future years ahead, the unnatural soul moving alone through my unnatural days. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Darnell has a point, of course, but all of this reminds us to be alert to what resurrection faith is really means and what it does not mean. Resurrection faith is not about resuscitating those aspects of life that we cannot bear to lose and desperately wish to cling on to. Rather, it is the challenge and the opportunity to allow that which needs to die to be properly laid to rest in order that something new and far, far more remarkable, might be permitted to rise in its place. Amen.
5: Let us pray. Gracious God, we pray for peace, justice and reconciliation throughout the world. We pray for the honouring of human rights and for the relief of the oppressed. We give thanks for all that is gracious in the lives of men, women and children. Lord in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the renewal of the Church in faith, love and service. We pray for Sarah, our Bishop, and for the life of this parish. We give thanks for the gift of your word, the grace of the sacraments, and the fellowship of your people. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for this local community and for all people in their daily life and work. We pray for the young and the elderly, for families and all who are alone. We give thanks for human skill and creativity and all that reveals your loveliness. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are in need, for the sick, sorrowful, and bereaved. We pray for all who bring comfort, care, and healing. We give thanks for human love and friendship, and for all that enriches our daily lives. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father,
2: accept accept these prayers prayers
5: for the sake sake of thy Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen.